Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to episode 48 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Now, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, you probably can tell by the title that we are back with part two of the road trip audio log. Yes, there will be a part two of the road trip. Yay, or boo, depending on your political stance with this subject. <laughs> In case you didn't listen to last week's episode... I recently returned from a two and a half week road trip from Colorado to Florida and back, and I recorded some audio for the podcast along the way. Now, last week, I asked the listeners to decide if they wanted to hear part two of the road trip or should we return to the normal format this week. About 85% of the feedback was in favor of hearing part two, so that's what we're doing today. Still, you know, I do want to make sure that I mention how much I valued the feedback on both sides. The podcast can't get better without knowing your opinion. So, so thank you for that. I know that may not have been easy to do. You know, a a couple of points were brought up in some of this feedback. One was that the content from last week's episode was a bit dark and became a trigger. And, And that's the last thing I want. I do try and share both my struggles and successes on this podcast. I I believe it takes both to connect with you. Sometimes I have bad days, and they can be dark, and I get those on these road trips sometimes, and I do share that with you. But I don't want to get carried away with that because this podcast really is about recovery and about healing and about feeling better. So I, I don't want that to become a big factor here. And I don't want to become a trigger for so many people. So I promise I'll keep your feedback in mind as I move forward. And, and that being said, I do want to state that there may be some content in today's episode that might be a trigger, but hopefully it's not too strong. Also, one other point that was brought up was that some of it was hard to follow from last week's episode on on the road trip. And, and that some of you didn't always know what day we were on. And honestly, when I went back and listened, I realized how accurate that comment was. I myself was confused as to where we were on the trip. So this is something I think I can help this time. I'm going to add a little bit of in-studio narrative to the road trip audio so that hopefully it makes more sense of where we are and how we got here. And I hope it creates less confusion. And now changing subjects for just a bit, last Thursday, I posted a blog post on gratitudes. I mentioned how being grateful can help recovery during difficult times, and I asked people to send in things they were grateful for, and I will share them in a December edition of the podcast. I've already received a few and look forward to hopefully receiving more. Just email them, submit them on our feedback form, or even comment directly on the blog itself. Now, since I posted that, there has been a slight change to the details of that blog post. The 
The date for the special podcast episode where we will share the gratitudes has been moved back a week to Christmas Day, December 25th. And thus, the deadline for sending in your gratitudes has been moved back to Saturday, December 21st. I have noted that on the blog post too. I realize that trying to think of something to be grateful for in the middle of benzo withdrawal can be difficult. But I truly believe there is always something to be thankful for. And once you figure out what those things are, I think it's good to remind yourself of them. And I'd love to hear them also, if you don't mind sharing. So thanks in advance for all your help with this upcoming episode. And since we have another road trip episode to share today, and it might be a little long, let's just get moving. (laughs) Today we will have a special format again. No mailbag, Benzo story, or even our moment of peace. Today's format ran a bit long, as I mentioned, so I hope it's okay that I cut those sections temporarily just this time. I promise our normal format will be back next week in its entirety. And, of course, we still need feedback, as always. Questions, comments, stories, suggestions, corrections, additions, and especially those gratitudes that we're looking for for our special holiday podcast. This is your podcast, and the more content I can share from you, the more Benzo-free becomes this community it was designed to be. So please, tell us what you think. Visit our feedback form at benzofree.org feedback or email us at podcast at benzofree.org or comment directly on the podcast blog itself, for others to see. And and don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at benzofree.org slash subscribe. And one last thing, the Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. If you're listening to this podcast on one of our providers, please leave feedback on that carrier. This helps new listeners find us. Okay, no more delays. Let's get back to the road trip. One of the things I'd like to remind everyone before we hear the recordings is that I don't have my studio on the road, so the audio quality will not be quite the same as it is when I'm in the studio. Before I left on this trip, I bought a windscreen for my digital audio recorder. My my wife calls it the dead mouse because it kind of looks like one. (laughs) Anyway, when I use this windscreen, it really helps cut down on the wind noise and the breath noise. But The key phrase in all that is when I use it, (laughs) and I forgot to put it on several times on this trip. Thus, even my breath did cause some wind noise on some of the recordings. I I corrected them as much as I could in post-production, but there's only so much I can do after the fact. Lesson learned, (laughs) and I apologize in advance for any background noises that may disrupt the recording. Also, I did want to let you know that I posted some more pictures on our website for the second half of the trip. You can view them at benzofree.org slash tripphotos. Just scroll down to see the pics for part two. There's a link for this page in our show notes. All right, enough delay and enough of me saying enough delay. (laughs) Let's actually jump right in. Let's open where we left off. Last week, I made it as far as Lenexa, Kansas, my hometown. I didn't get very far, where I spent a couple of days with my family. To kick off today's episode, I finally crossed the state line into Missouri, and I went for a little hike in the woods. Let's listen in. So it's day three, and now it's the afternoon of day three. Um, on the Missouri side of Kansas City. I'm hiking along the nature trail at Unity Village. It's the headquarters of the Unity Church here in Kansas City, Missouri. They have a real nice nature trail that winds through the woods and I thought it'd be a good place to 
stop and get some exercise and maybe record some sounds and some some nature and right now i'm turning and heading down a forested trail towards the natural bridge Let's see what this is like Okay, I am now recording in what is called the Natural Bridge. This is actually a natural rock cavern, kind of, but it's not a cavern because I can see both sides, so it's a bridge. But it looks like it's about, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 yards deep across with sunlight shining in at different sections. Probably limestone or something similar, I'm guessing. Nobody here. I'm out by myself. Little trickle of water running down through the middle of it. I don't know. I think I should walk through this. I have to bend over here because it gets a little tight. And I come out to an opening here with the sunlight coming through. And I'm all by myself, which is kind of cool right now. Been another good day so far. I had a chance to have lunch with my folks and spend some time with them this morning and then I started heading to the eastern side of Kansas City to meet up with my buddy JB. And from here tomorrow morning we'll head on. But I wanted to get a little bit of hiking in before then. You know what? I'm going to take a couple pictures down here and try to post them so you can see what the natural bridge here at Unity Village looks like. Sure, it's maybe not the grandeur of the Grand Canyon or <laughs> anything like that. It's a small little thing, but what was awesome about it to me was the solitude. There was nobody else around me anywhere. It's enough that I'm enjoying the sound of the wind and the leaves and squirrels climbing the trees and, and the trickle of water in the nearby stream. It's kind of a cool effect. Let's just walk for a minute, okay? Looks like I'm coming upon, coming upon a railroad bridge. During this walk, I did record some sounds of nature, like a stream, some birds in the trees, and, and even a bubbling brook with a train in the background. This is a very brief sampling of some of the recordings that I got on this hike, and I wanted to share them with you just briefly here. In fact, this lasts about a minute, so if you would like to close your eyes, if you're in a safe place, of course, and do a little meditation as you listen, now is a great time.
The next day, J.B. and I hit the road. We drove direct from Kansas City through St. Louis, through Nashville, including some backed-up traffic for rush hour, and finally stopped for the night just north of Chattanooga. This is day, I don't know. Anyway, woke up in Kimball, wherever we are in Kimball, Tennessee. Oh, another morning on the road, and must admit a little bit of an emotional setback, I guess the term is. Kind of missing my wife, and I miss my dog, too. Um, kind of makes you want to just pack everything up and head back home again. To the comfort of what you know, instead of what you don't know, or what you're about to experience, and also some fear of what's to come, of trying to trying to experience all the stuff that we're experiencing on this trip and what's going to happen around the corner and what that might look like. and There's some fear there. And I'm trying to just accept the emotions as they are and not buy into them too much, but feel them and let them pass and realize that everything's going to be okay and I'm going to get through this. So, And there he is. As with most Benzo mornings, at least for me, my mood picked up quickly, and J.B. and I found a nice hiking trail along the Tennessee River watershed. Here's a real quick snippet from that hike, and finally, although briefly, you get to meet J.B. That was a train going by the Tennessee River in the distance from the hiking trail here near um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I got a video of it too, so can compare that to it and you can see what it looks like, but it was pretty nice. Let me say hi. Hi. And I'll create a link in the show notes for that. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to keep that one. That's beautiful. I love it, buddy. I love it. Everybody, this is JB. JB, say hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. All right, thanks. Now there is a pretty large gap in the audio recordings. You see, once JB and I arrived in Florida, our schedule was a busy one, and I didn't record nearly as much as I wish I had. Primarily because I was busy, and almost always with my wife or friends. Also, as I mentioned in the intro, some of the recordings had a little wind noise, or a lot of wind noise, and a few were actually unusable. But just to catch you up, after our hike in Tennessee, J.B. and I headed due south through Georgia, and we stopped for the night in Valdosta. I think I pronounced that right. Before finishing up the next day, all the way into Orlando. Once we got in Orlando, we tackled some theme parks. And real quick for those theme park junkies out there, we did a full day at Universal Studios with Harry Potter, The Mummy, and all that other great stuff. And then we moved on over to Walt Disney World and did about half a day at each of the theme parks, including the latest hard-to-get-on rides that I've been wanting to go down and check out, such as Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Flight of Passage in Pandora at Animal Kingdom, among many, many other rides and attractions. A couple of days later, my wife arrived, and it was so good to see her. And then the next day, her friend also came and joined us, and J.B. had to fly home, and it was sad to see him go. The rest of our time in Orlando, we had fun, we toured hotels, shopped, ate some great food, even did a backstage tour. It was a real good time. 
And now, finally, it's the last day in Orlando. In the morning, on the balcony of our hotel, as I share a few of my experiences, thoughts, and even a few embarrassing difficulties. Good morning. It's a day something whatsoever. I'm not sure which one. This is our last day in Florida. And going to hit the road here tomorrow. And head north and then west to work our way back home. I haven't talked to you in a few days. Sorry about that. It's been busy. I overplanned as I often do for things to do down here. So I kept ourselves running around. Today's a slower day and I'm looking forward to it. Things have gone pretty well. Um, I can't complain too much about how things have gone on the trip. Got through some difficult times, but you know, I'm doing it. And I think that's the the key thing. It's funny, I got to start checking a few emails last night. Sorry to those of you who I've been slow in responding. I've been busy since I've been down here, but I did try to catch up on a few last night and responded to some of you. And a few of you responded about traveling and about um, pushing yourself too hard of getting back out there and stuff. And one of the big pluses on this trip is like I thought might happen, and I mentioned this earlier, I've been sleeping better. Um, I've been averaging probably seven hours of sleep a night since maybe the second night or third night maybe on the trip. I know a a big factor probably is stress and anxiety because before the trip, I'm usually pretty anxious about the trip, about getting ready for the trip, about getting everything done before the trip. And so I know I put myself through a emotional ringer and maybe also there's some stressors just of my regular life back home of with the podcast and with doing different things and work and stuff like that. And the good news is those stay behind as I leave. Now there's other stressors with the trip as I go along, but they're different and I believe less than that there were planning. Another possible factor could be environmental factors back home of all sorts. Something I still need to look into and see if I can analyze if there's as as hypersensitive as we are to external stimuli of all types, um, emotional and physical. um, I have to look into that and see if there's some physical ones or even emotional ones that might be triggering me at home that aren't triggering me more on vacation. But another thing that um, I think works is I keep myself pretty busy on the trip and keep myself away from focusing on my symptoms as much, even though they're still there on the trip and they do interrupt. And and they did interrupt me on this trip, but I worked around them. Yesterday, I want to share something with you, and this is embarrassing, but um, I I haven't gone wrong yet in sharing personal things. So yesterday we did a tour. It was a backstage tour at Walt Disney World, one I've been wanting to do for a long time. And the three of us, my wife, her friend, and me, um, decided to take this tour. We all wanted to, and we thought we'd try it out. And it was it was a good tour. But I had concerns. One of the primary ones is you're kind of trapped once you start. Uh, so we show up. It's a seven-hour tour, and once you show up on the tour, you, you're in a bus, you're at backstage areas, you're in all different kinds of environments. You don't even know where you are or where you're going to be. And as I've hinted at, <laughs> maybe more than once, I do have some 
urinary issues that um, have come out of my experience with benzos. Um, and they're exacerbated by anxiety. So the more anxious I am, the more frequently I need to use the restroom. I was trying to figure this one out. How am I going to manage this? And this became a problem for me. I was worried for three or four days in advance of this tour and, and, and beyond probably about how I was going to manage it and how I was going to get through it because there are, there are times for an hour, hour and a half or longer without a bathroom break. And I knew that was going to be an issue. I did some research on it and tried to learn more, but that's how this plays out. Now, I know I'm probably not the only one on the trip that felt that way. As it turned out, I wasn't. But other people were worried about the same thing. And I know a lot of you have emailed me and talked about this being an issue for you too. The whole abdominal area of our bodies really gets affected. And it can be urinary issues, which I have. It can be digestive issues, which I also have. Of course, I had some of those before I started. But they definitely got worse during withdrawal, and I still have those too. So it's a a double whammy there. Um, or it can be aching or just pain or um, I know for some women it's menstrual issues and cramping and for others it's just chronic inflammation and just all kinds of stuff gets messed up in our abdomen. And um, we've talked about pelvic floor dysfunction, we've talked about benzo belly, we've talked about chronic gastritis, we've talked about just the parade of stuff. And it's an area that takes a hard hit during withdrawal. So I guess it makes sense that as I'm in protracted withdrawal, this is a lingering symptom of mine that, that I think is getting better, but it sure is taking its sweet time. And as long as I have the anxiety, that's the part that really seems to escalate it, to amplify it and make it so much worse. And that's kind of crazy. Anyway, I tried to work around it, and guess what? I did. Yes, the day before the tour, I went to the grocery store, and your host, D, bought his first package of Depends. <laughs> yes, the adult incontinence diapers, or whatever you want to call them, that help us in case we have issues. And I wore a pair of those the entire tour. Nobody else knew but my wife and me. But I wore those the entire tour. And guess what? They were actually kind of comfortable. They weren't so bad. <laughs> I, I can't believe I did this, but I did. And the good news is I never needed to use them. But honestly, I think they helped because knowing I had them on and had a backup in case, in case I had a problem calmed my anxiety a bit enough to get through the day. I also, of course, dehydrated myself pretty well beforehand and during, limited my, um, my intake throughout the day. But having those on, I think, gave me a little sense of confidence. Um, and I also, you know, think in other situations like that where I do feel trapped, um, that could be an option. You know, we, we figure workarounds. Now, do I feel I'm too young to start wearing these? Absolutely. I'm 54. Um, but I know people my age who do, or younger, who have needed to. We have some limitations. We have some complications in our life. And I think we have two choices. One is we can just stay angry, resentful, pissed off, and fight it. Or we can accept it do workarounds, try to live as full of a life as we can, 
knowing they will ease over time, and they do ease slowly over time. But I'm not going to let life pass me by anymore. I'm going to get back out and live it, and I will make some adjustments to make that happen. Yesterday was one of those adjustments, and it worked. You know, I had the backup there if I needed it, and it was nice to have that. I even had a bag with me with a spare pair of underwear and other stuff in it in case I did find a restroom break and I had an issue and I could go change and I could get into more comfortable clothing. It's the things we have to do to make things work. And like I've said on this, I'm going to share myself warts and all, and this was an embarrassing thing that I had to do. But you know what? No one else knew I did it. Just my wife and I, so it was just my own little secret. And it helped me ease my anxiety. And it may help me get out there, and I'm sure as I go along, I won't need these anymore. I really believe that I'm getting better, and I'm going to keep getting better. But in the meantime, it's something I did to manage, so I could still live a life to some degree. But, you know, with a little less anxiety and a little less symptomology. It's, it's key for us not to push ourselves into this too far. And that's something I want to add here. A lot of you have talked about this on emails, and I've experienced this too. We can push ourselves too far. And, and I did some on this trip. I pushed myself on some things on this trip. But most of those things turned out to be successful. I just I had some increased symptomology during it. But we got to find that balance, that balance between pushing ourselves too hard and staying isolated in a hermit, you know, within our homes. There's, there is somewhere in between where you can push yourself a little bit now and then and explore and, and get back out and do some things you used to do or, or even do some new things you've never done before. I think the shower is probably free, so I probably should get up, get cleaned and get moving on with our day. We're going to wander around here at Disney World and do a few things and see a few sights and then come back to our place, get some rest, and then hit the road again tomorrow. And we'll work our way back home. Well, I guess I was pretty introspective towards the end of our time in Florida because the next morning I felt like sharing some more of my thoughts, this time about control. Now, there is some wind noise from my breath on this recording, but I hope it's not too bad. This is day 4,332, I think. (laughs) Mood-wise, I'm doing okay. I think I built up this trip a lot, as I always do. And once I get on it, it's a lot of fun. But it's also a lot of stress and, and a lot of control. And I think, yeah, yeah, a lot of control. That's one of the things I tried to let go of some during my period of withdrawal was the need for control because that creates a lot of anxiety in us. And I, I noticed that in myself big time during my six years now, five plus six, I guess. I guess I'm five years benzo free plus, and of course I tapered for a year and a half, so six and a half years of, you know, tapering and withdrawal and protracted and everything. 
But the need for control is a weird thing. Those of us with anxiety, I'm one of those. <laughs> Many of you are, are one of those. Whether you were before these drugs or you are now because of the drugs and because of your recovery or healing, it's a beast we all have to deal with, that anxiety. And one way we deal with anxiety is control. We try to control everything we can to avoid anxious events, anxious times, anxious triggers, to avoid getting trapped in difficult situations where we can't get out, where we can't find space, where we can't escape. And and that trigger doesn't have to be necessarily anxiety. It could be a trigger of ang of anger or a trigger of depression or a trigger of any negative emotion or any negative feeling that we're trying to avoid. Just anxiety seems to be the big one. <laughs> Numero uno in the whole mix of things. But we do try to avoid this. I, I, I sure have. I have. I noticed that I did a lot of that even before I took the benzos. That I would often control things. Um, and one of the things that I controlled a lot of was travel, trip planning. And I even got a kick out of that. I, I still do. I, I enjoy trip planning. I enjoy working out all the little details. Even though when I get down here, some of those plans pan out, but at least half of them, if not more, don't, or get bypassed, or, you know, don't work, or whatever happens. There's always circumstances we can't plan for. Those circumstances, of course, cause anxiety when they don't fit that plan you put in place. Now, if you're asking me, do I want to live my life always controlling things and always planning things? No, I don't want to be that person. I, I admire people who are spontaneous, who can just go with the flow and let things happen. And, and this experience has taught me to be more open to that or to even, yeah, I guess open is the word, to be more receptive of what comes. And that's a challenge. <laughs> that is, that is a hard thing to do, especially when you're an anxious person who needs to control everything. I've never liked the controlling side of me. I think it developed out of necessity over the years, as it probably has with you or with somebody you know. But I do think that learning to let go of that, even if it starts very small, is a good path for us to be on. Because we'll never control everything. We can't. It's just not possible. Life throws things at us all the time. This benzo experience for many of us is one of those big things that life is throwing at us. And it's crazy. But we've had to manage. We've had to deal with it. This isn't something we can control. At some point, we have to learn to let go and let it happen and accept it for what it is and accept the good and the bad that comes along with it, even though much of it is the bad. 
I, I've tried to focus on that a lot, and I think that's one of the cornerstones that helped me get through. This laid-back attitude that I'm trying to develop poorly most of the time and still have long, long way to go to get there. But I'm trying to, to find that. This trip home for us is one of those. It just seemed overwhelming to plan everything, especially after planning so much of this trip while we were in Florida. I planned all these details out and had this spreadsheet. Trust me, you don't even want to see it. <laughs> it is psychotic. I, I get crazy in the planning when I come down here in Florida. But on the way home, I just wanted to let go of that. And so tomorrow, we're just going to hit the road. We got to get home by Saturday. Now, we might get home Wednesday, we might get home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I don't know. But we'll get there. And I like that freedom. I'm excited about that. It's good to let go of some of the control and just let life happen. This need for control that so many of us have is a very tough one to let go of. You know, I, one, of the, one of the readings I read during my recovery or during my healing, whatever the term is we want to use for this. But during my withdrawal was, um, again, I've done some Buddhist reading, as you mentioned, more Buddhist psychology. Um, and it was about a saying that a Buddhist monk way back one had, had taught um, some of the followers. And one of the questions that was asked was, um, how do you handle everything? Or what kind of state of mind do you get to? And I'm totally paraphrasing this because I'm trying to pull it from this benzo-addled brain I have. <laughs> and it doesn't always work accurately. But anyway, when this monk was asked how he dealt with all the things that came along, what his mindset was, what his attitude was, his answer was just five words. And it was, I don't mind what happens. Now that takes a little while to absorb, I think. But I've thought about this a lot over the last couple of years because I read this a while back. Some of the people that have reached, you know, the extremes of their spirituality or the extremes of their cognitive acceptance of life. I mean, you see these in all different religions and all different areas, people who seem to be just above it all. And just watching life come as it may with no anxiety, no triggers, no nothing. I, I, I don't think I'll ever reach enlightenment or, or spiritual nirvana or whatever the term is you're looking to place on it or this heaven on earth or, or whatever it is. But wouldn't it be great to get some of that? Just enough to ease that anxiety, to ease that control, to ease the need to manage everything because of the fear of what might happen. Wouldn't it be great if we could let go of some of that? That's kind of been a path I've been on, trying to get there. And I've made, you know... 1%, maybe 2%, maybe even as high as 10% sometimes of the, of the direction there. And I fail at it all the time. But I still think it's a good area to work on. But that phrase of, I don't mind what happens, to me, 
Maybe it doesn't speak to you, and I get that. To me, it spoke to me. It said, whatever comes along, I'm okay with. Nobody makes you angry. Nobody makes you upset. Nobody makes you sad. Nobody makes you anxious. We choose this. Maybe not consciously. And for so many of us, it's the wiring that has been developed. This pattern, this thought system, this mindset that we've developed throughout most of our lives. And this is not an easy thing to change. I get that. Trust me. I'm trying to change mine. And this is taking a long, long time. And I'm making very small strides to get there. But God, what if I just got a little bit of the way, like I mentioned, just 10% of what some of these um, highly spiritual people or highly cognitive people or however you want to look at it have reached? What if I can get just a little bit of that and ease my anxiety by 10%? That would be pretty awesome. What if I could do it by 15 or 20? Whew. I keep phrases like that in my head of, I don't mind what happens. And when I get triggered, to try to let things pass and not use my own perceptions, my own prejudices, my own baggage, whatever the term is for the, the patterns we've developed in our brains, whether consciously or unconsciously over many years, that have a reaction. Control is an illusion. We never have control. I think there's a better way. Again, I don't think I'll ever fully achieve it, but if I can get a little piece of that, a little piece of letting go of things, a little piece of not needing to control everything in my life, I think I'll be a little happier, and I have been. I'm already seeing it. I even did that with this podcast tried to manage a lot of things. In fact, when I first launched it with the Facebook page and everything else, and I tried to control everything, and I was always getting the latest news and putting it up on the Facebook page and trying to see what other people were doing and, and you know, help to promote those things and cross-promote and, and get involved and do so many things. I couldn't. It was too much. It was more than I could handle in my state of mind and in my state of of healing and it's just not where I needed to be it was I was trying to control every single aspect so I shut down our Facebook page and I limited the work I do on the website and I focused on one thing at least for now and that's the podcast and surprisingly the podcast has done better since then we get more and more listeners every week this is our podcast, and I kind of want this to grow naturally, organically, whatever the term is we should use here. I want it to just kind of happen as it's supposed to, and, and let it happen. If it does really well, great. If it only has a few listeners that it's helping, great. To be okay with that. And that's kind of where I'm trying to get to, just to let things be. I still got some planning I have to do. I got to figure out the future of this podcast. I got to figure out how to to make a go of it, financially speaking, and 
and what it's going to look like in the next year or two. But I don't have to try to do too much. I can let most of it happen and see where it takes us. So maybe try now and then to pull back a little bit. Just small, tiny areas. Just whatever it is. If you're going to, if you got to go to the store or, and that's a big thing for you. Or if you're going to go for a walk and that's a big thing for you. Or, or maybe you're better off um, further on in your healing and you have a presentation to do at work. Or you have a meeting to go to that creates anxiety with a certain person who is always getting under your skin. Or, or somebody in your family that's always difficult. Whatever it is, find, find one little thing to start with and just see if you can watch what happens, watch the reaction in you and try not to control what happens and try to just observe your reaction and let things pass. Just try to not control the situation. Just sit back and watch what happens. Be the observer. Just watch without judgment. Just do this in one scenario, sometime in the next few days. Someplace where you normally control everything. Instead, just pull back someplace where you're safe, where you know nothing serious is going to happen. But you can just watch and see what happens. See what life brings your way. See what symptoms come up. And just watch them. You know they're just symptoms. You've had them before. They're not going to kill you. Just see what happens. And watch them come. And watch them go. Because they will. They do pass. Try that. If you have some success, try it again. See if you can build on it. It doesn't have to be a big step. This whole thing we're going through is baby steps. That's the only way we're going to get through it. But if you're not trying to improve this experience, if you're not trying to get through it and manage it and, and find a good mindset to help you survive and, and, and get to the other side, it's going to be a really long road. So try to back up. Try to let go of some of your perceptions, your prejudices, your your pre-programmed responses to events and just let a few things happen without control and let me know how that goes for you or if you've already been doing that let me know how that's been working i'd love to share some of that on the podcast shanna and i then drove north to savannah georgia and then on to columbia south carolina where we spent the night some incredibly beautiful country we got to experience the next morning, we headed up into Asheville, North Carolina, and then down into the east entrance of Great Smoky Mountain National Park. This was a big wish list item for both my wife and I, and we had a wonderful time. That night, we spent the night just outside the western entrance in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Here are a few snippets from an early morning walk I took in downtown Gatlinburg, and another episode of Memory Loss, or Benzo Brain that I experienced. And this recording does get pretty windy. And again, I forgot my windscreen, so I apologize for the noise. 
You know, as I'm moseying down the street here with almost no one out. Wow, what a what a time to be out walking. They have here in Gatlinburg they have their Christmas decorations out. They're just getting everything ready, but there's plenty out to see and I think they kick off their celebration next week or something like that. We're here just a little early for it, but they have all these blue white icicle like lights on the lamp posts all the way through town and their big observatory tower here on the top has a Christmas tree that was all lit up last night. Could somebody tell me where I was going with this? Because I have totally lost my train of thought. God, that happens so easily. Oh, it drives me nuts sometimes. I'm so sorry about that. But I just, yeah, I'm just now lost and I'm wandering around and I don't even know what my topic was and I'm trying to get my brain back there and I can't get my brain back to the topic at hand. Could one of you help me and help me remember what I was talking about? Oh, we were walking along. God, it is funny how that is just a total shutdown. I don't, I cannot pull it. Ugh, frustrating sometimes, sorry. I just have to go with that and not beat myself up and just be okay that I don't remember what I was talking about. Oh, this place has the best Bloody Berries in town. New York style pizza and calzones. That looks pretty good. Maybe I'd take you along the tour here and introduce you to some of the places at Gatlinburg's. Yeah, at, um, caramel apples and taffy and fresh divinity. All kinds of good stuff. I just ran into a gentleman here, probably 60s, 70s maybe. White beard, smoking, standing outside, waiting for a delivery at his shop. And I just stopped and started a conversation before you knew it. I was talking about anxiety, and he was talking about Xanax. <laughs> Can you believe it? He was telling me that he's been on Xanax for years, and his doc kept trying to tell him to take as much as three pills a day. And, um, you know, we come across this all the time. So many people have taken these drugs. So many people have wound up in bad states. The good news with this gentleman is he had up to the point where he's taking like three pills a day and finally he's brought it back to like one. And, you know, I try not to scare him. I just said, you know, some people have difficulty coming off these, some don't. And I just said, look, if you're going to come off them, whatever, just do it slowly and you can get more information here if you're curious. So, you know, really low key and left, left it at that. After that recording, my wife and I went back into the park for some more hiking, and again, we had wonderful weather and low crowds. Here's another short sample of some of the ambient sound from Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Next up was Louisville, Kentucky. I explained more in the recording, so I don't think there's any need to do a long intro here. Good morning. This is Dee. We are in 
Louisville, Kentucky. Still working our way back home. Kind of foggy out there and overcast. Really a gloomy kind of day. Yesterday was a lot of rain. Driving through a lot of rain through... We left Gatlinburg and headed up 75 through northern Tennessee into Kentucky and then came due west into Louisville out of Lexington. That was our drive. Yesterday morning we went to... what did we do? Oh, there's your good old brain fog again kicking in. What did we do yesterday? Um, we got up in Gatlinburg. Oh, we went back into the park. Yeah, we went back into Great Smoky Mountain National Park and did a bit more hiking. Uh, it was wonderful. Did the... what was the name of it again? I can pull this. I know I can. Laurel Falls Trail. That's it. We did that for a while. Beautiful falls and just a nice trail with some nice nature. And also saw a little bit of Cades Cove and that area and it was great. And then we hit the road and drove on up to Louisville. My wife's getting ready for the morning in the restroom and I'm... Looking out the window at the really gloomy day out. It's supposed to be pretty cloudy today. Maybe a bit of sun this afternoon, but we're kind of working around weather on our way home. It looks like there's a bunch of snow hitting our home in Colorado right now and for the next couple of days. And we're some of that's going to start moving east, and so we're trying to work around that. A little down this morning. I don't know if it's the trip starting to wind down. I'm kind of looking forward to getting home. Wouldn't mind being home right now. That's usually the way it is at the end of these trips. You know, I've been gone for over two weeks now. Yeah, I left, in fact, two weeks yesterday. Last couple days were beautiful. My wife and I had a wonderful time in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, and it was definitely a top list for both of us to do, and we got to do that, and we got to do it on, on perfect days. Just wonderful weather, not too hot, not too cold and very little crowds. It was just beautiful. So we were blessed for that, and that was wonderful. We stopped at a real good southern cooking restaurant for lunch um, in Sevierville for hitting the road and heading back up, and had a great time there with some fried chicken, and my wife had some chicken and dumplings, and last night we had Taco Bell. <laughs> we got into the hotel found a place that we could walk to. We weren't that hungry anymore after our big lunch, and, and we had Taco Bell for dinner. That's how it works out, <laughs> and that's okay. Today we are going to head to Churchill Downs, Kentucky Derby, and go tour their museum. And um, tonight we're going to try to get to a hotel just before the rain hits again tonight, overnight, and then hopefully ride out most of it, and then hit the road in the morning and have a lot of it pass over us. That's our goal. I started listening to a book on tape a couple days ago. Um, as you know, I love my books. And this one came across and I thought it was perfect for this road trip. I just saw it on my, my library app that I listen to books on tape through. And it is Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck. Um, I don't know, it just kind of struck me as maybe the perfect book on tape for traveling the road and and it's been wonderful i really enjoy his writing i don't think i've read steinbeck since maybe high school i actually did my junior term paper i don't know if any of you have had these junior term papers or senior term papers or whatever but it's the big paper 
we had to write in high school. And the way he writes, I thought, was very narrative and very colorful. And and it, it makes you kind of feel like you're you're there. Well, he bought a pickup truck, converted into a mini RV, I think. And he hit the road with his dog, and his dog was named Charlie, a poodle. And he just decided to go out and see America. You know, as a writer, he felt that's what he needed to do, was to go see his country, the country he lives in. And so he went out and traveled and met people and talked to people. And in a very small way, that's kind of what I'm doing here. And I get that passion for doing that. I'm getting so much from talking to people and learning from people. And and I, I love doing that. I love seeing seeing places and seeing this country and meeting the people that are there of of all walks of life of just everybody i'm it's it's amazing how you how much you can learn by just being open and saying hello to somebody and starting up a conversation after louisville and churchill downs which was a lot of fun and very educational we needed to head straight back towards kansas city we were hoping to go back a more northern route through iowa and nebraska but Things happen and things change. There were some strong storms heading our way from the west, so after St. Louis, we decided to stop for the night in Columbia, Missouri. The next morning, we drove straight on in to Kansas City. Morning, this is D. It's Friday. This is our last, well, I guess our second to last day. Tomorrow, we drive the last stretch home. And right now, we're in Kansas City. Um, actually, Lenexa, Kansas, on the Kansas side of the Kansas City metro area. Stopped in to see the family again a little bit on the way back home. It's the morning here on Friday. One more day here. We're right now waiting out, um, handling a couple things. We're riding out the weather a little bit because it's snowing right now in, in Denver and in western Kansas. So we're going to let that pass and then drive home tomorrow. But also we're um, just, you know, seeing the family and, and handling a few mini crisis here too and trying to get a few things um solved with with the family too before we head back so um what two weeks and so 14 about 16 17 days so far i've been gone i can't believe that's already just passed by it feels like i left a couple of days ago the next day we had perfect weather and we drove on into denver and finally made it back home and i got to see bear when <laughs> we went to pick him up at my brother-in-law's house he probably licked my face for a solid minute, and I loved every second of it. It was so good to see my buddy again. After a day or so, I did wind up with a mild depression, probably for a lot of different reasons. I, I recorded some of that, but didn't think I wanted to end this trip on that note. Also, I'm kind of running out of time today, so I needed to cut a few things short. The good news is, is that depression was temporary, and it wasn't long before my mood lifted, and, and now I'm doing much better. When asked about the trip, I don't always know what to say. I usually just say it was good. The truth is, I haven't figured it out yet. So much happened and so much to process, <laughs> both good times and difficult times. But I'm glad I took the trip. I really am. And I truly look forward to more experiences like this. But next time, maybe a little less planning and more just enjoying. I hope you enjoyed this road trip with me, and I'm so glad that you came along for the ride. Thank you. And now, please allow me just about 30 seconds for our disclaimer.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. Our next episode is episode 49, and it will be released next Wednesday. Thank you again for joining me on this road trip today, and please let me know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.